0: If you read through the Gospels, you find that Mary and Joseph are an ordinary couple. Ordinary in the sense that there's nothing about them that would have been particularly glamorous, particularly outstanding. They would look just like any other ordinary Jewish couple. Yes, they were pious, very, very religious in their nature. and yet, very ordinary. And it, when it comes to that, when we think about them and consider their situation, we we've read a portion of it, or at least Linus read a portion of that Christmas story to you this morning. But when you consider the totality of it, as you read through uh, Matthew, and as you read through Luke, and as you read through John, as you go back and you read the prophecies, when you look at the fullness, the totality of this coming, it is staggeringly majestic. Filled with promise, filled with hope, filled with mystery. We can go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and there we see where sin and suffering and separation from God originated. But even in that, we find hope and promise. The Lord spoke a curse to the serpent. And in the curse, he says this, I will put enmity... Between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head, speaking to the serpent, and you will strike his heel. Now, when you read this, it may give us some idea of the fear of snakes that many of us have, but that's not its primary intent. The primary intent is to say, from the very beginning that there will be one who is born of woman who will crush the head of Satan. From the Garden of Eden, we see this promise, this hope, that the curse brought upon us by sin would be reversed by an act of God through the offspring of a woman. It is the first of many words of hope and promise. Let us consider some this morning. In Micah chapter 5 verse 2 we read, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. In Jeremiah 23, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteous. And in Ezekiel 34, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David. Jesus was a descendant of David, remember. And he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. The Jews lived with the promise of a king who would come. They held out a hope that somehow, in the midst of all they were suffering and enduring, that they would be delivered. But there is no way that they could fully grasp The mixture of majesty and humility that was found on that Christmas morning. Joseph was a common carpenter. Mary, a teenage Jewish girl. There was nothing glamorous about them nor their hometown of Nazareth. But through a miracle of God, Mary was pregnant. But she'd never been with a man before. She was pregnant. It took angels, a period, to convince them of the truth of the matter. That this was an act of the Holy Spirit. It was not some freak of nature, some oddity fit for Ripley's, believe it or not. It was not an act of adultery. But an act of God himself. Mary would face condemnation and rejection. For being found pregnant and not having a husband. Joseph would be ridiculed and he'd be condemned because the assumption would be, if he's going to go ahead and marry her, that it must be his baby. And yet in spite of the rejection, in spite of the condemnation, they remained true to the plan of God. And they took a trip to Bethlehem not for an extended holiday. They took a trip to Bethlehem, a long and arduous trip, a difficult trip with Mary being so far along in her pregnancy. They took that trip for one reason and one reason only. Taxes. It's all about the money. Follow the money. And Caesar Augustus decided, I need to know how to plan. I need to know how much money to expect. I need to know how many people are out there so I'll know how much taxes I can get. And so he sent everyone back to their ancestral hometown. And since Joseph was from the line of David and David's hometown was Bethlehem, then Joseph and Mary took a long, difficult trip to Bethlehem. Now remember, she's pregnant, she's on the verge of delivery. Now, guys, you and I cannot understand this. Ladies who have carried a baby, you can. Riding on a donkey, you're not in the backseat of an Escalade. Riding on a donkey from Nazareth to Bethlehem is not the easiest thing to do on your best day. Nine months pregnant, uh, that's kind of rough. And they show up and they find that the place is packed. Bethlehem's a little town, a little little hamlet. It was it didn't expect this vast rush of people who'd be coming because of the census. And it certainly didn't expect the coming of the king. And so when Mary and Joseph arrive, in spite of her plight, there's no room. All the inns are full. They don't know about anybody in town to stay with, and if they did, they'd probably be full too. And so the best that they can do is a stable offered to them by an innkeeper. A stable that is probably not what you and I have pictured in our homes, uh, basically a wooden structure with an A-frame roof, but something more like a cave where the sheep, The cows could get out of the cold and wet. And they enter this place and they find a feeding trough. And the king of the universe is born. Now, I love our Christmas songs. When it talks about Jesus didn't cry, I got a feeling that's wrong. I got a feeling he yelled his lungs out just like most of us do when we come into this world. I'm not sure exactly how the human brain thinks at that point, but you got to be thinking, hey, well, I was pretty comfortable here for a while. And then all of a sudden, bam, here I am after a journey of my own into a world that seems rather alien to me, breathing air for the first time having all these sensations on my skin that I've never felt. Yeah, I think a little bit of crying probably did happen. But there Mary had a baby boy. She wrapped him in strips of cloth. She laid him in a feeding trough. That was not what Mary and Joseph likely had in mind for the birth of the Son of God. And it certainly was not what the world had in mind but it is part of the incredible plan of god now what is so revolutionary remember when a series of messages this christmas we talked about the revolutionary power of jesus death and resurrection we talked about his revolutionary teachings that turned the philosophy of the world upside down today we consider the revolutionary nature of his entering the world what was so revolutionary about it it was simply this that a baby is born in the lowliest of circumstances and laid in the humblest of cribs, that this baby was Emmanuel, God with us. That the hands that reached for the face of Mary were the hands that crafted the universe. God's promise fulfilled. Here in this stable was the hope of Israel What generations had prayed for, what prophets had foretold, had come to pass in the least likely of circumstances. The king had come, and there was no room for him. Now, if God had wanted his son to be born in a palace, he could have taken care of that. If it was God's plan that Jesus be wrapped in golden linen, surrounded by the rich and powerful, trumpet blasts announcing his birth, God could have arranged that. All of Bethlehem could have been filled with dignitaries. The presence of God could have glowed over that community And there could have been angels from horizon to horizon over the city of Bethlehem. But God didn't do it that way. And that's the miracle and the mystery of Christmas. The immortal took on mortality. The invulnerable became vulnerable the invisible became visible the creator became the created spirit became flesh the extraordinary became ordinary the all-powerful set aside his power the son of god would be born to die for the sons and daughters of fallen of this fallen world the American Revolution began with what is called the shot heard round the world. The spiritual revolution that you and I participate in today was begun with the cry of a baby in a barn. That is revolutionary. That night changed everything. That baby changed everything this child came to save the world he came to show us the true heart of the father this child came to change the way that we relate to god and relate to one another this child came to bring light into our darkness this child came as savior as truth as love as light The story of Christmas is the story of the king of the universe who came as a lowly baby born to parents in a cave used by sheep and cows. A baby who grew up to live a sinless life, to associate with common sinners, to die a criminal's death, be buried in a borrowed tomb, And to rise again on the third day to prove what the angels proclaimed on his birthday. That he was king and Lord, Savior and God. This is a story of a lowly king who offers you a royal inheritance. Jesus came born of common people, witnessed by common people. Because quite frankly, our Father was trying to reach common people like us.